Welcome to Self-Styled Life, the podcast designed to support professional women to aim high in their careers and create lives that are way beyond just fine. I'm Janelle Wiesack, a certified life and style coach. I also happen to have 30 years experience and counting in the corporate world. I've learned a thing or two over the years and today I support my clients to create tailor-made self-styled lives which they do using my signature framework that intentionally combines clarity, mindset and action. In these episodes I'll be sharing the concepts, tools and techniques to help you get clear and confident about the career and life you want, dance with your self-doubt and take the next step towards your dreams and goals. These same approaches have supported my clients to create incredible change in their lives My clients have tapped into their strengths, built their self-belief, and learned to live life their way. And now, it's your turn. You deserve more than a life that's fine. You deserve true fulfillment and days that feel fabulous. You deserve your very own self-styled life. Hello, hello, fabulous humans, and welcome back to another episode of the Self-Styled Life podcast with me, your host, Janelle Wiesack. I feel like this podcast has been more than a little neglected lately. Unfortunately, I returned from France with COVID and my respiratory health has been absolutely struggling, which isn't great if you want to share audio with your community. Today is seriously the first day that I feel like I've been even half a chance of getting from one end of recording an episode to the other. And even then, I think you'll have to forgive me for sounding as croaky as all get out. And if there are any crunchy breaks in the recording, know that it won't be Darcy's editing skills. It'll just be me having a coughing fit at a completely inconvenient time. But I'm sitting down to record this episode today because I really want to get this topic out into the wild. Today's topic is one that I know many of you have been looking for support on, and that's how you can get comfortable with conflict. It's such an important subject to be discussing, and also one that will be covered in depth in Lead With Ease, which is the new leadership-centered small group program I'll be launching in the near future. But before we dig into all things conflict-related, I wanted to tell you about a quiz I've created recently. Many of you have reached out to say that you're ready to expand and evolve your leadership skills, some of you are considering leadership for the first time, and others are wondering where you should take your leadership next. To help you get started, narrow things down, or to work out where you can elevate your leadership skills, I've created a quiz. In just a few minutes, it will guide you on what you can consider next. And I've added some fresh tools into the resource room as well, so you can get started on your next leadership step immediately. We'll link to the quiz in the show notes, and of course, you can head straight to JanelleWiesack.com to check it out. Okay, time to get into today's meaty topic, which, as I mentioned, is all about conflict. We humans are clever things. We'll go to great lengths to avoid risk. And along with disappointment, complexity, rejection, judgment, failure and success, conflict is one of the big seven psychological risks. So it makes sense that my coaching clients in all sorts of industries tell me how much they dislike conflict. They don't like how conflict or even the thought of conflict makes them feel. 
They worry that they'll get into some sort of argument and freeze or that they won't know what to say. And they're especially afraid that they'll get emotional or cry if they find themselves in a conflict situation. It's all of this and more that regularly sees them going to great lengths to avoid conflict. Some even go as far as avoiding leadership roles completely, which is kind of heartbreaking when you think about the fact that we need more caring, supporting and nurturing leaders in corporate, not less. But it doesn't have to be this way. I'm sure you've all worked with others who don't seem to be bothered by conflict at all. And like I said, humans are clever things. If others have learned how to get more comfortable with conflict, you know that you can evolve your skills too. So today I want to share some different ways to think about conflict and dig into where our dislike of it comes from. I also want to share some ideas on how you can get more comfortable with conflict. I'll frame these ideas for the corporate workplace, but obviously they can work equally as well in other areas of life too, as long as we're assuming that there's no violence, bullying or harassment present in either the workplace or your personal circumstances. Okay, with that as context, let's have a look at what conflict is. The Cambridge Dictionary defines conflict as an active disagreement between people with opposing opinions or principles, or as fighting between two or more groups of people or countries. From my perspective, this translates into the fact that conflict, at least in the modern corporate world, is really just a conversation, and at its worst, an argument. Whilst it can happen, Thankfully, in the corporate world, we aren't generally subjected to the sort of conflict that comes from fighting, which would lead to our physical harm. But the idea of these difficult conflict-laden conversations definitely causes pain. And that's because, for so many of us, the idea of an argument or a heated exchange breaks our own rules. Generally, we want to see ourselves as nice, friendly, kind, and above all, likeable. We'd really like others to see us as these things too. We certainly don't want to offend anyone, and we don't want to appear aggressive, bitchy, or pushy. Some of these rules we've set for ourselves as we've developed our values and beliefs. Most of these rules come from our family of origin or have seeped into us thanks to years of societal conditioning. I could give you a stack of examples of the messages that we're given that result in these rules, but we haven't got all day. So I'll sum it up in just one. Nice girls don't get in fights. Full stop. Now, if this rule or belief underpins who you are, it makes perfect sense that finding yourself in an argument or a difficult conversation would trigger mental pain and anguish. Couple this rule breaking with some of those fears about ourselves that I mentioned earlier, a fear that we might freeze or burst into tears, for instance, and it's no wonder that conflict comes up as a roadblock for so many of us. If you happen to be a journaler, it's worth taking some time to dig into your thoughts about conflict and what your general approach is to it. Try to capture any rules you know you're breaking and see if any childhood memories about arguments or people pleasing or wanting to be liked come up. If you're not a journaler, try to catch the stories you tell yourself about conflict and why you don't like it. Conflict is really one area where knowing yourself and your triggers can be really, really helpful. Alright, so now that we know what conflict looks like in today's world and why we might be so very keen to avoid it, it's time to have a look at the different ways we can approach potential conflict. 
Like I mentioned earlier, conflict in today's context is only a conversation. And the good news is that we have conversations every day. You can diffuse a potential conflict by approaching it as an opportunity to have a curious conversation. Try entering the situation simply trying to understand a colleague's perspective and nothing more than that. Once you understand what's driving their thinking, you'll be better placed to negotiate a win-win outcome. A really helpful resource for workplace conversations is the book Crucial Conversations, Tools for Talking When the Stakes Are High by Patterson, Granny, Macmillan and Switzler. Switzler? Switzler. It's packed with excellent reminders. A couple of my favourites include remembering to create safety for everyone in the conversation and to not be afraid to say what's on your mind or in your heart. I'll link to the book in the show notes. A similar approach also works in an area that many women automatically expect a heated exchange, and that's performance management. But here's what I've learned after years and years of performance management. Most staff members know when they're struggling to make the grade. And if you lead with compassion and empathy, which if you're here, it's almost guaranteed that you do, then generally your team members will be grateful for the guidance and support you'll be offering. It's difficult for anyone to be on the attack when someone is genuinely trying to understand a situation from their point of view. The trick is to remember that the conversation is actually about them and helping them to be their best. You need to put aside your own wants for the moment and really seek first to understand. Both of these approaches are examples of reframing conflict and it's one of the tools that I work with my clients on to implement in my one-on-one coaching practice. It's also helpful to know that practice does help when it comes to these conversations. What tends to happen is that we'll avoid these types of conflicty conversations for all of the reasons I mentioned earlier, so we never feel like we get any better at dealing with conflict. But things move quickly in this space, and it doesn't take much evidence to prove that you can have difficult conversations. However, this is one part of leadership life where it pays to ease in rather than dive in. Sometimes women, armed with this new idea that conflict is only a conversation, will jump right into the first argument they come across, completely derailing their nervous system. As one of my mentors says, it's like heading into a gunfight with a water pistol. So remember that confidence comes in baby steps, and give yourself the grace and space to practice these more challenging conversations, building your confidence as you go. Another tool that works really well for women who have an aversion to conflict is tapping or emotional freedom technique. I've created a full guide to tapping, which you can find over in the resource room at janellewiesack.com. And again, I'll provide a link to the resource room in the show notes. Okie dokie, time to wrap this episode up while I still have a voice. But before I say goodbye, let me recap on the key points that we've looked at today. First up, conflict is one of the big seven psychological risks and it makes perfect sense that we would want to avoid it. Protecting ourselves from pain and risk is one of the key jobs of the human brain. But even if you've been protecting yourself by avoiding conflict your entire life, know that you can build the skills that will stop your fear of conflict from being a blocker in your leadership journey or your whole life for that matter. Secondly, it's helpful to remember exactly what conflict actually is. Cambridge Dictionary defines conflict as an active disagreement between people with opposing opinions or principles or as fighting between two or more groups of people or countries. 
Therefore, this means that conflict, at least in the corporate world, is really just a conversation and at its worst, an argument. Now, there's a good chance that you'll have a rule that says good girls don't argue or something like that. And sometimes it's the rule breaking that causes as much pain as the conflict situation. It's worth grabbing a journal and really digging into where your rules around conflict come from. And then finally, reframing can really help when it comes to conflict, as can tapping or EFT. Okay, beautiful ones, that's it from me today. Hopefully I'll be back soon with a better voice uh, for another episode of Self-Styled Life. But until then, please stay fabulous. Okay, bye for now.